Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive, the show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is The Good Place. Discussing episode 7, titled The Eternal Shriek. Okay, this. My god, this is an insane episode. <laughs> There's so much great stuff in here. So, this episode picks up right where the last one left off. Uh, Michael has proclaimed that he believes himself to be the problem, he believes that he is causing all the issues. In the neighborhood, and now he must leave forever and go off into quote-unquote retirement. Which initially everyone's like, oh, well, farewell, good, enjoy your retirement. But apparently, uh, retirement for Michael is uh, eternal torture. <laughs> like just being disintegrated and having uh, molecules scattered to various burning hot suns for all eternity and just... Whacked like a piñata, strung up by genitals, and it, it, yeah, uh, apparently retirement for Michael is really awful. (laughs) It's, like, really cartoonishly bad. So now, and and by the way, I love, like, there's all these great moments where Michael's, like, really pissy about having to go into retirement, really annoyed about going into retirement and having this eternal torture, and he's just grumpy, the entire time, like, he's sitting at, like, going away parties and going, like, mm, I didn't get to do this, 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 and this thing. One of the things was eating a saltine, and Tahani's like, oh, well, I have a saltine right here, eat that. And then he eats it and is like, it's very dry, too salty, going out on a low note. Like, he's just, he's just super grumpy, super pissy the entire time, and it's really, really great to see him like that. Uh, but... Eleanor now has this choice. She can either confess that she is in fact the problem and save Michael from eternal torment, or continue to lie. And just let, like, just damn Michael. And Eleanor decides, wait a minute, what if we find a third option? What if we save Michael and not confess? And because Michael has to leave on this train that only Janet can call, Eleanor decides to murder Janet uh, and is pointed towards a button in a remote section of the neighborhood that essentially is there to turn off Janet in case she ever malfunctions. And so we get this amazing amazing bit that is so amazing so hilarious just utterly perfect humor uh where Eleanor and Chidi like just go over they're at this button and Janet's like you can press that button and I will no longer function (laughs) and there's a failsafe in Janet 
in case of an accidental shutdown where if you approach the button, she will beg for her life. <laughs> Very realistically. <laughs> and, like, Chidi goes up to it and... Janet just starts begging and begging and begging. Eleanor goes up to it and it's like, I have three kids. Here's a photo of my kids. And it's just like really, really earnest, very realistic begging. <laughs> and every time they go away, she's like, I again, I don't have feelings. I can't die. I'm not human. <laughs> this is just simulated begging. <laughs> And then Jason shows up randomly and is like, ooh, a button, I want to push it. And then Chidi, who has been very much against <laughs> murdering Janet the entire time, like, just has to tackle Jason and out of the way, and in doing so, accidentally pushes the button himself. <laughs> like, and uh, Janet dies. By the way, I do have to say, Darcy Carden does an amazing job with her begging for her life moments. <laughs> Uh, those bits are absolutely hilarious, and she does an amazing job with them. But anyway, Janet's murdered, and an announcement comes over uh, the neighborhood, repeating over and over again, Attention! I have been murdered! Attention! I have been murdered! Attention! I have been murdered! <laughs> and now there's a big investigation into who murdered Janet. And I love... <laughs> I love how every single time anyone refers to Janet being murdered, it all like it gets increasingly like violent in the description, like someone brutally slaughtered Janet. <laughs> someone uh horrifically mutilated and brutally murdered Janet. And it's just like oh god, like they're so violent in their descriptions and it's great. Uh, but Eleanor and Jason try to get Chidi to not say anything, not say anything, not say anything. And Chidi is, like, just being eaten away at by guilt. Uh, even after Janet comes back in a new iteration uh, where all of her memory's been wiped and she doesn't know anything about the universe. She has to... She has to have all the knowledge in the universe be uploaded back into her brain. <laughs> and in the meanwhile, like, she's just... Walking around like a dumbass. <laughs> Just saying hello over and over again. Uh, her A.B. Janets <laughs> are recited. <laughs> it's like the English alphabet. A.B. Janet. <laughs> oh my god. I love Janet so much. Janet is a great character. The things they do with her throughout this series... They find a lot of creative things to do with that character. They find a lot of creative things to do. A lot of fun stuff to do. And it's always great. Uh, but anyway, Chidi is being eaten away at by this lie. Uh, being eaten away at by having to lie about murdering Janet. Um, and we actually, throughout this episode, have a great flashback arc where <laughs> Chidi was being eaten away at by... Having to say a co-worker's boots were nice when they were, in fact, horrifyingly bad. <laughs> like, these big red boots uh, with, like, these big red cowboy boots with crystals on them. And, like, uh, like just these pointed tips and all of that. And 
Chidi just Chidi lies and says, "Yeah, they're they're great. I love the boots." And he just can't handle the fact that he's been uh, that he lied about the boots and he just keeps going along with the lie and he keeps getting further in. <laughs> the guy buys him his own pair of boots. <laughs> To walk around in, calls him Boot Brothers. At one point, the guy's in the hospital, about to die. And he's like, yeah, I have an aneurysm. There's like a 50-50 chance I'll make it. So if you want to say anything now, say it. Also, I have the boots with me because they're my only comfort. (laughs) He comes out of surgery and he's like, oh, thank God you're alive. I hate your boots. (laughs) They're the worst. I hate them. They're garbage. It's been eating away at me for years. (laughs) And I love how every time he voices his big moral dilemma on whether or not he should have lied about the boots, everyone, all the time, is just like, this is why people hate moral philosophy professors. (laughs) I love this storyline. This episode's so good. It's so good. Like, this episode, it really underscores what the good place is great at, comedically speaking. In addition to uh, really solid character arcs throughout this episode, uh, with Cheaty and his inability to lie, and also Eleanor with how she grows as a person with this ending that we'll get to in a minute. But, like, this episode really underscores what the good place is so good at comedically. They are really, really great at just absurdist humor. Like, they are really great at making these absurd situations, these absurd comedic bits, these absurd jokes. Like, getting the kind of laughs that only come when you watch something just absolutely insane. Like, just absolute madness. Like, this really shows off that absurdist humor so, so well. Uh, But anyway, Chidi's being, like, eaten up inside, and Eleanor's watching this and getting increasingly guilty, getting increasingly guilty, and then Michael uh, calls this meeting, gives an update, and is like, Janet's been murdered, which means I can't be the sole issue here. There has to be something else. And then Eleanor, at the last second, is just like, hey, Chidi, I love you, buddy. And then stands up and says, hey, Michael, I'm the problem. I was brought to the good place by mistake. I'm not supposed to be here. And that's where it ends. So Eleanor, Eleanor's revealed him, Eleanor's revealed herself to save Chidi from the pain of lying. Eleanor has fallen on her sword for Chidi, risking eternal damnation for Chidi. Fundamentally growing as a person, even throughout this episode, and it like she would rather out herself and risk eternal damnation than cause her friends further pain, than cause Cheaty and cause Michael further pain. And yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> that's a thing that ha- that's happened. That's where we're at now. Again, so much I want to say. (laughs) So much I want to say, but can't for fear of spoiling further episodes. Suffice it to say, man, is there some stuff that's going to happen throughout the rest of this season? And it's going to be real good. It's going to be 
real good. Anyway, uh, yeah, great episode. Excellent, excellent episode. Big, huge turning point in the series. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, Anchor.fm slash TV Archive, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push a button on the Anchor app. I will play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, TomTom4468. And support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclarkpledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's the work for you, you can also support their show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, tomorrow we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 8. Talk to you then.